eco-friendly living. For a lot of people out there, it can seem like a daunting task. One with so many options and paths that you end up feeling overwhelmed and confused instead of inspired and ready to take action. It's hard enough living life today without adding another thing to your plate. That's why I'm here to help. I'm here to pull you out of the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption. I talk about sustainable living, but also things like motherhood, mindfulness, and intentional living. Things that overall help you live a happier, simpler, more eco-friendly life by making small changes in your habits, mindset, and home. This is Kayla Rogers, and you are listening to the Unrooted Mama Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. Today I want to talk about something that is kind of controversial in the political world and especially in the sustainability world. When we talk about the overall health of our planet, I think it's such a common notion that humans are killing the planet and humanity is killing the planet and earth was so much better before humans and today I am kind of debunking that and I'm telling you why humans are not the ones that are killing the planet or maybe I should be a little bit specific some humans are killing the planet but it is not the individual everyday human like me and you listening unless you're like Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates in which case like sorry bro but yeah you already know (laughs) but the thing that's killing the planet are billionaires and fossil fuel corporations. And I know that to some that might just seem like semantics, but honestly there is so much climate doomism going on right now and so many people that are suffering with extreme eco-anxiety just due to the pressure that's put on the individual to like lower our overall waste and lower our individual carbon footprint that I really think it's good to just address this. And when we say things like humans are killing the planet, humanity is ruining the planet, we're really just putting false blame on ourselves and more so feeding into that eco-anxiety. So if you are not new to this podcast, if you've been around a while, then you've probably heard this before. But 100 companies are actually responsible for 70% of all fossil fuel emissions. That means that 100 big companies produce two-thirds of our fossil fuel emissions that are put out into the atmosphere. So when we talk about who's to blame for global warming, climate change, all of that stuff, those 100 companies are so much more to blame than us as individuals. And I don't want to sound like I'm pointing fingers and trying to shift blame and stuff, but honestly, like these companies and billionaires are the ones that are responsible for most of the fossil fuel emissions. And thus, those are the ones who are honestly destroying the planet, if I am being honest. So some of the top contributors, at least for the U.S., are ExxonMobil, Shell, BP and Chevron, and I think Nestle too, and those are some of the highest emitting investor-owned companies since the year 1988. And what's really funny is that this idea of an individual carbon footprint was actually coined and marketed in the early 2000s by BP right after a big oil spill. (laughs) So a lot of times when these like 
environmental disasters happens at the hand of fossil fuel corporations. They try to turn around and they put all of this money into marketing to try to make us feel guilty about climate change and to shift the blame from them where, you know, rightfully so, they destroyed so many ecosystems and ruined so many people's lives and well-being, but they want to like turn around and shift blame to us. Hence the carbon footprint and, you know, this idea that the individuals have to, you know, watch how much we drive and, oh, you should carpool to work to like lower your individual consumption, yada, yada, yada. And it's really crazy. I don't want to get into numbers too much, but I was looking at one instance and after BP's big oil spill in 2010, they actually spent more money, um, cough, cough, $93 million on cleaning up their image and like marketing after the oil spill than actually funding the cleanup for the spill in the affected communities. And sadly, a lot of like these fossil fuel corporations also spend millions of dollars every year to lobby against climate change solution. For instance, BP also donated $13 million to a campaign that ended up stopping the carbon tax in Washington state, which if you're not familiar with carbon tax, it pretty much puts a tax on carbon emissions, which is CO2 emissions that fossil fuel companies put into the atmosphere. And taxing those is pretty much an incentive to make companies lower their fossil fuel emissions. And they donated $13 million to the campaign that ended up stopping this carbon tax in the state of Washington. So overall, not only are these fossil fuel companies having these disasters, breakdowns that are ruining local ecosystems, but they also spend a shit ton of money to make themselves look better, make us as individuals feel guilty, all while still trying to (laughs) spend money to stop climate change solutions that will hurt their business and their bottom line. So all in all, I guess, end rant, but oil companies are the ones creating these like crimes against our world. Now that all of that being said, I really don't want to negate individual action because individual action is still so impactful and so important within the climate change movement because when it comes down to it, we all do need to do our part, but it is not us as individuals who are solely responsible for climate change. So we shouldn't only be focusing on our individual actions and completely ignoring the world around us. Um, And also, like, again, that also just puts so much pressure on us as individuals, which further feeds into eco-anxiety and climate doomism. And that's just such a toxic cycle to be in. So if you're listening up until this point and you're like, okay, well then what do we do as individuals? Like, you know, obviously making those changes is still important and doing the work individually is important. But if that's not, you know, if it's not our responsibility, what should we be doing instead? And I think the biggest thing is that we just, we need to start demanding change. A big way to do this is to reward and punish specific companies based on their climate action or lack thereof. If even like a small number of consumers got together and did this, which this is like what's considered quote quote voting with your money, 
if people, again, even like a small percentage of consumers got together and did this, it would send shockwaves through the market system. So a good thing to do in order to demand change is to name, blame, and shame, which I know a lot of people have a lot to say about cancel culture and stuff like that lately, but I do not feel bad for calling out a huge corporation that is doing a lot of really bad things for the environment. Um, As much as it sucks to learn that the company that mass produces Pringles and Pop-Tarts is absolutely horrible for the environment, I would rather know and not give them my money, you know? So that's one thing. And I'm not going to sit on this episode and name every single company that is doing stuff that's bad for the environment, because that would just be so overwhelming for you listening like that's not going to help you right now to know every single company to stop buying from and I might do more episodes in the future like if that is something that you would be interested in shoot me an email Um, I will link my email in the episode description or you can reach out to me on Instagram I'm pretty active over there my username is unrooted mama Um, But anyway, I'm not going to do that in this episode (laughs) because it would just be a lot. But if you do research and, you know, it's usually pretty easy to see if a company and a corporation is actually doing things that are good for the environment or if they are overwhelmingly bad for the environment. So again, we can raise our voices against those corporations and businesses that are bad for the environment The same thing goes with politicians, especially local politicians, but any politicians in general. You can reach out, send emails, make phone calls. You can even send emails with like ideas or concerns or even questions, even to like brands that you know and love and use or up all the way up to like big corporations and politicians. Because the more people that are making noise about climate change and climate solutions, the louder this collective voice will be to those like corporations and politicians. The next thing that we can do is to look for climate solutions on a more personal scale. So, you know, individual action does make up part of this, but also things like if you're a student or you go to college, the level of your school or even your workplace or local community, looking for ways and talking to leaders to try to make climate-friendly changes on that level. Circling back to politicians, Another thing that we can do that's really, really important is to vote for politicians who will actually push for climate action. I think that this is one of the most impactful things that we can do is when local elections come around researching who actually gives a crap about the environment and climate change and who has plans to make positive changes for the environment or push for bigger collective change, definitely who you vote for has so much impact when it comes to the environment. And then the last thing that we can do is to get involved with collective action, which obviously things like climate protests or rallies. But if you're not comfortable going out and doing that, I know COVID obviously is a huge thing right now and not a lot of people want to like go out in public and get in big groups like that. So even just like speaking out on your social media platforms or in your social circles, to get the conversation about climate change going. So yeah, that's just a few things that we can do in order to demand change and kind of go a step further than just making eco-friendly swaps in our homes, if that makes sense. 
And I know that that's probably, it probably sounds like such a juxtaposition coming from my podcast because it's all about, my podcast is all about like making small changes to live a more eco-friendly life. And again, I really, obviously that is a huge passion of mine and I do find such importance in individual action. I just think that it would be very toxic to not address this side of the coin as well. So while individual action is really important and it really can make a change, every small step adds up and can make a change, it's also really important to remember that it really doesn't fall on our shoulders as the individuals. And, you know, when you start getting wrapped up in eco-friendly solutions and changes and you start going down that rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, I need to switch this out. I need to, like, when you start getting stressed about eco-friendly swaps and sustainability within your house, just take a deep breath and remember those 100 corporations that account for 70% of fossil fuel emissions and remind yourself that it is not your fault and that climate change does not fall on your shoulders. Me personally, moving forward, I have really tried to be more careful about my consumption lately. I am still going good. If you listen to my last episode, I talked about doing a challenge this year where I'm going to see how long I can hold off buying fast fashion. And so far, so good. I know it's only like one month down, but that's one month of no fast fashion. And I'm super stoked about that. So if you're listening to this and you want to do something small to lower your impact, but also, again, vote with your money and not give money to companies that are horrible for the environment, which all fast fashion is very, very bad for the environment, that's something small that you can do. So if you feel like taking on the challenge with me, even if you start in February or if you're listening to this in March or April and you're like, oh wow, that would be fun, try to see how long you can hold out without buying fast fashion. Even if it's only for like a week or two, it's still so rewarding to know that you didn't give in and that you're doing something that has a positive impact on the environment. But yeah, I hope that overall this episode, if nothing else, I hope that it alleviated any pressure that you felt and a little bit of your ego anxiety and doomism if you struggle with either of those. I hope that this just helped you realize and solidify the knowledge that it is not on your shoulders. It's not on our shoulders as individuals. Overall, humans are not killing the environment. We are not the ones destroying our planet cough cough it's billionaires and giant corporations so thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the unrooted mama podcast and until next time bye